Blog Talk Radio. Last night, 
And, you know, and I like that. It's about time that I think that we finally get what, we, what we've wanted all this time, you know. And it's taken a while, but I think we're finally getting what we want. Now, will they continue to do it? I, I, can't, I can't say yes or no that they won't because I don't know. But I, I guess only time will tell. Are, are they going to keep doing it and keep going in this direction, or are they going to screw it up? That is the question. What do you guys? Well, hey, the the shield, uh, the the shield. I I think if you're gonna bring the shield back just to have him get decimated, I mean, I understand. Okay, you you're you want Braun Strowman to look good going into the Hell of a Cell. Uh, you want Braun Strowman to to look as strong as possible. Obviously, you just gave McIntyre and Ziggler the tag team championships for earlier in the night. Um, if this is going to be sort of that intensity factor, uh, these three, I, I like it. But like you said, are they going to screw it up? Is this going to be a one-off show and then next week's going to be corny? Uh, you know, who knows? But, I mean, leading up to Hell in a Cell, which just by name alone is, is, is a violent pay-per-view, uh, this was, this was a, a great way to sort of build into it, in my opinion. Well, but is it, it, it's not – you know, they call it Hell in a Cell, but it's really not going to be. You guys got to understand that. It's just not going to be. Am, am I right or wrong? Um, yeah, I mean, yes and no. I definitely – I think that – I think, obviously, it'll be – Hell in a Cell, like there'll be some Hell in a Cell matches, but I don't, I don't necessarily think it'll be, they'll be, you know, the Undertaker Edge, the Batista Undertaker, the, you know, the, 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 the Undertaker Man, I don't think they'll be what they were, but I think they'll be good. You know, and I thought it was kind of cool how the Undertaker came out last night, you know, with, uh, uh, you know, Shawn Michaels out last night, you know, and, you know, Shawn Michaels said the reason why he doesn't come back and everybody else does is out of respect because he lost the match. And, uh, you know, he knows that he can't come back and shouldn't because of, he lost that match, but everybody else has. I guess I wouldn't, I wouldn't be disappointed if he did come back, you know. Well, I like what Undertaker said last night. Um, is it respect or is it fear? And I think what he set up for Shawn Michaels was he set up Shawn Michaels to get involved in this match. Okay? He set up Shawn Michaels to hit one last sweet chin music. You know, hit the Undertaker in the chin. Triple H gets the win. Then it's going to set up down the road maybe Survivor Series, maybe Royal Rumble, maybe WrestleMania, depending on how long they stretch this, could set up Shawn Michaels' Undertaker Part 3. So this could be a way that they're possibly considering bringing Michaels back in. I don't know if that's the case. I mean, if it's not, I think last night was kind of a waste of breath in a way, because why, why tease us like that? Why give us you know, uh, the blue balls on the microphone, if you're not going to 
you know, if you're not going to have those two go at it, I, I mean, they, they've already shown they don't have any qualms with bringing the old guys back and, and throwing, you know, geriatric superstars into cards to try to, you know, boost the name. Because they've already shown them how to do that. Why not bring Michaels back for one more? If he's in good health, I don't think Undertaker Shawn Michaels because even though 90% of the crowd either wasn't born or in diapers, and those two are in their prime, there's still those legendary names. You know, that's almost like, you know, uh, uh, talking about, okay, well, if the Lions could bring Barry Sanders back for one more game, you know, how many people in Detroit would go see it? I mean, probably all of them. So it, it's the same thing. If you bring these big names back to sell tickets, and that's exactly what to do. So I like it if that's what the plan is. You know, uh, I don't know if it's uh, my connection or your phone or whatever, but you kind of you're kind of fading out a little bit. I don't know what it is. If it's my I was connection, away from, I was sitting away from the microphone. This was being being lazy. Um, oh, okay. But but but, but I I kind of like the idea of of that. I mean, did did you get mostly what I was saying on that? I did. You know, and uh, okay. You know, if they, uh, if they if they plan on doing that, great. I don't I don't see anything wrong with it. But you know, this whole match though, this whole match though between Undertaker and Triple H, I mean, look, these guys are not. I mean, they're wrestlers. Okay, I understand that, but they're not spring chickens anymore either. And you know, how can they these two put on? expect to put on a good match when, you know, these guys are way past where they should be for wrestling. You know? I mean, The Undertaker... Well, it's not... I I don't think anybody expects them to put on a quote-unquote good match. I I think people expect them to come in there and sell tickets because that's their name and that's what they do. And... You know, whether the match is great or not, it's just the fact that people like you and me get to see Undertaker and Triple H one more time, get to mark out, you know, when that gong hits, they get to mark out one more time, and and that's really all they care about is the people that are going to buy tickets uh, strictly because of that, you know, of that reason right there is, is... you know, the people are gonna people are gonna go crazy for it, whether it's whether it's a good match or not. Honestly, it doesn't have to be. In fact, none of the matches that have been with these old superstars have been good. They've all kind of sucked, but they sell tickets because of the name, and that's that's what they want to go for here. Well, let me ask you this: Is this a match that you want to see? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, because I. I... I really, I really don't care either way. Oh, wait, are you talking about Triple H Undertaker or Shawn Michaels Undertaker? Triple H Undertaker. Oh, uh, yeah. I just wish it was at a bigger pay-per-view. I mean, I just wish it was at an event that I'm actually going to watch because I'm not going to watch the rest of this show. If I watch that, if I watch that event at all, it's going to be for that match. So I just wish they, I wish they put it on a bigger card so that I could at least make a night out of it instead of having to figure out what time I think they're going to be on and, and, and you know, take time out of my day. So. Well, uh, we know it's not going to be the main event, obviously, correct? We know this. 
Is it not though? I mean, what what else do they have going on in that card that's any better than that? Well, there's nothing better than that, but you know they're going to have Roman Reigns and uh, Braun Strowman as the main event. Uh, yeah, I mean, sure, perhaps, but y- you know, uh, that's another one that like, all right, I get it, like. Roman Reigns, Braun Strowman, okay, great. They're going to meet at Hell in a Cell. One of them's going to win the title, great. I want to see them fighting at, you know, Survivor Series. I want to see them fighting at, you know, Royal Rumble. I want to see them fighting at pay-per-views that are actually, like, pay-per-views I've heard of. I, I don't care if they're at some special event in Melbourne, Australia. This is an event that really doesn't matter to me. And I, in my opinion, they're wasting a match here. They're, they're wasting an opportunity. I get it. They're geriatric. They're old now. They're old news in, in, in some people's eyes and mind. But they're still two of the biggest names ever. And they are going to draw a lot of people in to watch it. And if you want to make money, think about what your money machines are, your four big ones and you know some of your semi-big ones. That you have. I mean, uh, uh, an event that nobody's ever heard of that you're doing for the first time in Melbourne, Australia to do this match. This is a money grab for WWE. They're doing this because, oh, hey, nobody's going to watch this pay-per-view. Let's put Undertaker and Triple H uh, in it so that maybe some people will tune in. I, I mean, that, that's all it is. This, 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 this is WWE throwing up the white flag saying, listen, this is an event that was improperly marketed. You know, we have no way to really promote it. It's in Melbourne, Australia, so it's probably going to be at some funky time over here, just like the Saudi Arabian one was. And we need to have, you know, people watch this and give them the reason to watch it. So we're going to throw two big names in at it and and have an end of an era, last time ever match at some show that most people are probably going to be at work for and won't be able to watch at all. So I just, I, I don't like, I like the idea of the match. I just wish it was at a WWE-sanctioned, you know, normal time Sunday night pay-per-view, not something where I got to, you know, Google what time it is in Australia so I know what time to turn it on. Like it just doesn't make sense. Well, I, I, get, you, I get your point, but, uh, you, know, if, you know, if this is going to be the only reason why people are going to watch it, then, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a waste of a pay-per-view, you know. And, and we've been talking we've been talking about that for a long time. That uh, the WWE pay per views have not exactly been uh, 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 ready. Uh, so our guest should be calling in soon. Yep. Who do we got tonight? Uh, we have uh, Cynthia Rothrock. Uh, she's like uh, she'll have to tell us what degree black belt she is, but she's very tough. And uh, we have also uh, Jerry Penders uh, on with us, and uh, well, we'll talk him. Our our third guest uh, that was supposed to be on had to cancel because uh, she's in the UK and she didn't want to be up until three forty-five in the morning, which I can understand. Um, so that's why we only have two guests tonight. And anybody, of course, anybody listening that wants to my point, though, doesn't that just further prove my point though about what I'm talking about with this pay per view? How our guest 
doesn't want to be up till 3:45 in the morning, so has to reschedule. But I have to, you know, I have to like, like, drop what I'm doing at work to turn on a pay-per-view at one in the afternoon or at noon or whatever it is because they want to put the big match in. You know what I'm saying? Like, why do why do they have to say, oh, hey, you're at work, that's okay. Go go, go take a you know 45 minute bathroom break and watch this match. It's like, no, like put it on a put it on a Sunday night and be done with it. Exactly. But, you know, it is what it is. I'm not complaining. Well, I mean, I am complaining, but... Uh, Granny, what do you think about all this? Well, I'm, you know, I, I enjoyed seeing the segment between Shawn Michaels and Undertaker last night. I really enjoyed that. I mean, and I, you know, and I would love to see another match between Shawn Michaels and Undertaker. I mean, if that's what they say they so choose to do. But I'm kind of mm-hmm. like in agreement with you guys about the Australia thing, you know, because we don't know what time it's going to be on. Of course, I don't work anymore. So, yeah, you know, I could probably watch it any time or whatever, you know, watch it when it comes on. But if I'm busy during the day, I'm not going to take time to stop for an hour, for, you know, 30 minutes to 45 minutes to watch a, a match. Yes, it's Undertaker yep. and Triple H one last time. Okay, that's fine. And, you know, the history that they have together, the history that Shawn Michaels and and Undertaker has had over the years, I mean, it's all been great, you know, but I, I'm like you, if they're going to promote this type of match, why not put it on a Sunday night pay-per-view for WWE? I mean, you know, I don't know. I don't know their, well, their reasoning behind it. The current time in Melbourne, Australia is 12.17 p.m. on Wednesday, September 5th. So they are... A, they're already into tomorrow, and they're already into noon of tomorrow. So they're already halfway through tomorrow. So they, you know, so so for that to be 8 p.m. I mean, if I do the math, that's 10. Uh, so let's say it's 10 o'clock here now. 11, 12, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. That's 5 a.m. here. <laughs> okay, 5 a.m. So there's gotta be for it to be, let's say that match goes off around 10 p.m. over there, is what I'm saying. Uh, unless they want to do a tribute to the troops type of thing, where they fought in broad daylight, and you know, it's around this time of night over there, okay, that's fine. You fight in broad daylight, it's somewhere outside, it's whatever, that's cool, but I don't think that's the case. I think this is going to be uh, what a normal pay-per-view would be, starting at 8 p.m. and going forward, uh, in which case it's going to be the wee hours of the morning over here, so if you want people to watch it live, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So it's I don't know exactly. I'm gonna do more research about how they're doing this, but um, it's it, to me it's just another marketing flaw by the creative department. I, I like the match. I like the idea. I like you getting you know Melbourne, Australia involved. Sure, uh, I, I like having a normal old pay per view there. Uh, but I don't like having a match of this magnitude there that I actually want to watch and that, you know, I, I have to watch at a later time. And you know how the internet is today. You know how everybody's got social media. I'm already going to know who the winner is before I even turn the damn thing on. So before you even have a chance to watch it. Uh, yeah, 
have all the, all the details on it, just based on my bleach report app, based on whatever. So it, I'm not gonna watch it. So you, you know, for me, these these are two guys that I grew up on and idolized on. I'm not gonna get to watch the final match because it's at five in the freaking morning and everyone's gonna ruin it for me. So this is just making me grumpy. So let's move on to a different topic. Um, is our guest on yet? Do, do what? No, nope, not yet. Is our guest on yet? Um, not yet. Not yet. Uh, did you see? Right, I'm, gonna, um, I'm gonna try and get her. Okay. Okay. Did you see Alexa right. Bliss and Elias last night? Ooh, look at that little look. Oh there. yeah. Yeah. Ooh. And she, you know what's yeah, funny? She, is, dude, Alexa did that perfectly. She came out. She got the crowd going. It was her hometown. Mm-hmm, you know, the OHIO. Mm-hmm. Everyone's excited. And then boom, flip of a switch. I was like, that's she just already here. bashes her hometown. This is the most boringest hometown I've ever been in. And blah 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 yeah. blah blah. <laughs> yeah. But what it hits is... me is she's like, I want to walk with Elias, you know. Yeah, well, she yeah, but she did that little sensual, that little sensual lip bite with the eye bat thing, you know. And yeah. I was just yeah. like, ooh. <laughs> you tell him. But um, well, you know, it, it looks like Elias now is getting is getting some some you know publicity as well because when he says WWE and then the crowd goes walk with Elias like walk with Elias, yeah, he's getting a little bit of uh, notoriety mm-hmm. here. I mean, I mean, I guess sometimes if you stick to a gimmick uh, gimmick long enough, it it sticks, I suppose. But you know, it is what it is. Uh, Raw last night overall was pretty good. Um, I. I I did like the old, you know, bad guy general manager. I, I did think Kurt Angle was a little too much of the nice guy, a little bit too much of a pushover. I do like the whole Baron Corbin thing. Uh, reminded me a lot of an Eric Bischoff type of situation where, you know, um, Finn Balor comes out and says, oh, well, I want to rematch with you, blah, 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 blah. And he says, oh, well, okay, you know, and baits him into it. And then he switches to Master Braun Strowman at the end. Or when, when he said, uh, you know, oh, well, w- what if what if um, the revival's not ready? Oh, well, I'll make other arrangements. And, and just just that that whole thing, instead of Kurt Angle being like, you know, Mickey Mouse, oh, okay, guys, let's all get along. You know, I, I, think, I think the Baron Corbin situation, the general manager, I, I've always – I've always enjoyed – the heel general manager uh, over the good guy general manager. I don't know about you guys. I, other than the voice, other than the nails on the chalkboard voice, I even I even like Vicky Guerrero as general manager just because of the controversial stuff she used to do and matches she used to make. So I, I'm all for Baron Corbin. I hope they don't bring Angle back, even though I know they're going to. Well, I'm not all a right. big fan of Baron Corbin, but that's besides well, the point. Of course, I'm, I'm but not, you're not like I'm a heel guy. I mean, for God's sakes, I, I, I'm obsessed with Rated R Superstar Edge. I, I love the heels. What's up, Icon? Well, uh, apparently, uh, I tried to uh, call our guest and uh, to no avail. So, uh, either they're going to call in late or it's uh, – we'll, we'll just have to wait for our, next, our other guests. So hey, it's, it's no worries, man. We got plenty to talk about. <laughs> When you were on the other line, I was talking with Granny a little bit. Um, one, something you mentioned to me last night, the Alexa Bliss-Elias situation. Um, but also we were talking a little bit about Baron Corbin and the heel general manager. And I've always enjoyed the heel general manager. Uh, other than the voice, 
I enjoyed Vicky Guerrero. I, I enjoyed Eric Bischoff. I enjoyed the raw, the computer raw general manager. I've enjoyed Vince McMahon, Stephanie McMahon, when they were making the matches and being the GMs, just because you have that, 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 that heel, like that bad guy mentality and you make these exciting matches and then that sets up the good guy, go out and beat the bad guys. They put them in the match again. So it's just, I love that. I think Kurt Angle was way too Mickey Mouse with it. And uh, the fact that they're going a little bit more intense and edgy with it, I, I enjoy that. I don't know what you think, though. Well, you know, I – well, you know, the, the raw general manager is fine to a point. But, you know, it gets old. You know, it's like, okay, they're going to screw somebody over, and you know it's coming. So that got old pretty quick, too. You know, it, it's – you know, it was always the same stuff. Okay, he's a heel, so what's he going to do? He's going to uh, he's going to baby the heels, throw over the baby faces, and that's yeah. just what you're going to get. You of know? course, every time. But, and uh, I got I got fed up with that every time that every time that they were on. So it just kind of you know, of course that, that 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 I guess that's just me, but it's. It's just the way well, I feel. What would, I you give, Icon, what would you give to have Eric Bischoff back? To get Eric Bischoff back? Uh, I well, I'd like to see Eric Bischoff back, but not as a, uh, but not as a full-time uh, general manager. You know, you know what? I I wish they would bring back. They would bring back uh, the guest managers because you never know. Oh, like like the, the special. Okay. Okay. Yeah, the celebrity. Yeah, because you never know what you're going to get with them, you know. So, it, what that made more sense to have them instead of what they're doing now. Did I lose you guys? No, I'm here. I don't know. Okay. I don't, I don't know, know about big swing. All right. I don't know what's going on with our guests. I guess I can try them again. Um, uh, but hopefully uh, our guests will call back in. Did you, you like Dominic? Like Say that again. Did you like John Laurinaitis? <laughs> People power. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was that was really stupid. No, I, I didn't like his... I, I, I like some of the. I didn't care I just, for him, but I couldn't stand his voice. Mm-hmm. You know. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to try and get our guests. Oh, oh, my God. Hopefully, hopefully uh, we can get them. If not, we'll just move on. All right. So okay. uh, you guys set it up, and I'll try and get him one second. Mike Adamley, huh? Not really. <laughs> he was no, kind of boring in my book. <laughs> I, mean, a little bit, I didn't yeah. care much for him. I didn't care much for him, but um, what about like I'm trying to think here? I'm thinking some of the other general managers of notoriety. Um, well. Hmm. Not gonna lie, Stone Cold was the man, but he wasn't really a GM. He was more the sheriff that controlled everything. But um, I, oh, I you like know who I like? Gentleman, awesome. actually, technically, he was quote unquote commissioner. 
Mick yeah. Foley. Yep. I like Mick Foley. I, I thought he was pretty awesome. So. Well, yeah, Mick Foley, Mick Foley was really cool. And Mick, when it was Mick Foley and Deborah, I really, I really got into that. You know, mm. that was kind of cool. You know. Now, did you like, even though it was brief, what about Shawn Michaels as commissioner? Uh, that was okay too. I mean, he had his uh, he had his good points and he has bad points. So, you know, uh, I uh, I didn't have I didn't have a problem with him either. You know. In your opinion, who was the worst general manager? Who was the worst general manager? Yeah. Um, Teddy Long. I got I got sick of that. Let me holla at you, player. That's <laughs> on. That's racist. Well, he's the one that did it, not me. Icon, you're you're racist. Oh, he's not a racist, big swing. Give the guy a break. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't really care. I, I didn't. I, I, I didn't. I didn't like. I didn't like John Laurinaitis. I thought he was. Uh, I didn't huh. like him at all. But. Um. You know. I don't know what was better. Um, during the Attitude Era, um, Vince McMahon. Making the matches or the Eric Bischoff era? Hmm. Well, <laughs> well, the thing is, though, you got to remember, though, the McMahon era, he owned the company. So, uh, you know, he um, he did. Uh, okay, I just found out our guest is calling in now. So, uh, we'll. Uh, she should be on shortly. Okay. All right. Don't scare her away. Okay. All right. So, are you watching the board? Yes, sir. I am. Are you? Are you with us? Yes, I am. All right. Guest guest is on, and we're going to put you through right meow. Ladies and gentlemen, our first combatant of the night. She gives new meaning to the word, I will kick you where you don't want to be kicked. She's got many degrees in the black belt. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the star of the Dukes of Hazzard reunion movie, Cynthia. Roth Rock. Hey, Cynthia, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Good. You know, I'll tell you, uh, first off, uh, you know, uh, after uh, after I interview the guests, we like to have our guests kind of give us a little background about themselves, and then we ask them some questions. So if you want to go ahead and okay. tell us a little bit about yourself, then we'll ask you the tough questions. <laughs> okay. Well, let's see. I started off in martial arts when I was 13. And um, from there, I just, uh, after a while, I was, in the beginning, I was discouraged. I was really going to class. And 
Um, I found that it was hard for me to show and turn and do all these punches with all these men. And then one day my instructor gave a speech and he said, basically quitters uh, aren't winners. And I thought he was talking to me and he said, you're not good if you don't practice. So I thought, you know what, I didn't practice. So I started practicing and I got good. I entered my first competition when I was in orange belt. I had to compete against black belts and I took second place. So I thought, wow, I could be really good in this sport. So I just started training with a fury from then on. And then I started competing professional uh, between 1981 and 1985. I was undefeated in over 120 competitions. Um, and then I, that was my goal to retire uh, after five years because I figured nobody could beat that record of never uh, not taking first. So um, on my fifth year, I got offered uh, to do a movie in Hong Kong. So I was going back and forth to compete and shoot my first movie, Yes, Madam. And um, that started my movie career. It also ended my competition career because I reached five goals, uh, my, my goal of being five years undefeated. And that's when I wanted to stop. And then I went into movies. And uh, since then, I'm still doing movies. So that's kind of in a nutshell <laughs> my life, I guess. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, what degree black belt are you? Uh, I haven't. My um, highest is eighth dawn in Tungsudo. Okay. So that means that uh, you're basically your whole body is like a lethal weapon, isn't it? <laughs> well, it could be, I guess. <laughs> now, uh, when you uh, when you started uh, when you started competing, you know, you mentioned, you know, uh, uh, for for those of us that are not into the whole karate thing, I mean, really, the only karate experience I have is watching the Karate Kid one, two, three, and the next Karate Kid. What uh, what are the the colors of the belt going from start to black? Well, okay, so I'll see, I could tell you in my system because every uh, every system has different colors, and nowadays everybody's changing the styles and doing their own thing and adding their own colors. But for me, when uh, I got my first black belt, you start out white, then you go orange, then you went green, then you went red, and then black. And in between those, there was a couple stripes. So you would be like green belt, one stripe, two stripes, then go to red belt. Then you'd have red belt, one stripe, two stripes you know, and then to black belt. So technically that's how I brought, I was brought up and that's the ranking uh, I went through. And then uh, to get to the different belts, do you have to like do like certain moves or do you have to like perform certain things like with nunchucks or you have to be able to break a block with your head or with your hand or with your foot or how did, what does it take to move up to the next level? Well, like to get your black belt, for me, it was about a five-hour test, and you basically had to do uh, conditioning, and then you had to do all the basics, the hand and foot techniques that you knew. Then you had to do forms, then you had to fight one person, then you had to fight two people. Then they put you in a circle, and you had to fight multiple attackers, and I had to break uh, uh, three boards, uh, three boards together with no spaces with a kick. And I remember I did a jumping sidekick, and and uh, that was my test. And that took five hours. Yep, yep. So you did one hour of conditioning, one hour of basics, one hour of sparring. Oh, I forgot. And then you had to do self defense techniques too. You had to do uh, 
uh, like certain standard self-defense techniques, and then you had people attack you, and you had to, you know, just randomly do techniques as well. Wow. So now yeah. when um, when you're in the competition, and like you mentioned, someone attacks you, uh, do they? Is it just like one person that's trying to attack you? Do you know that they're coming? Do they come from the side? Do they come from the front? Do they come from behind? Do they come out of the bushes? Do they come from the locker room? <laughs> where, where, do, where do they uh, come from? No, that's in the movies. But uh, when you're when you're uh, testing, you basically, uh, um, or when you're competing, when you're competing with someone, you're, you're sparring one person, and it's kind of like a game. It's the sport aspect of martial arts. It's more about timing and reflexes, and you have open targets that you have to hit make light contact and you get a point. And usually it's like whoever hits uh, three points first uh, is the winner. Okay. And uh, you said you were, uh, forgive me if I'm wrong about this, you said you were 126 and (laughs) 0? Yeah, well, that wasn't in fighting. I was in form competition. Uh, Form competition is, I used to fight and I also did weapons. Actually, um, in 1982, I won the men's overall I was number one um, in North America for weapons against the men. And that was kind of a feat that, you know, nobody ever did at that time is, you know, a woman dominating the men's division. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so basically as I did forms and I was nobody, I took first place in five years, every competition that I went to. And sometimes I would go to two every weekend, you know. So, uh, all right. Okay, well, and what that what, is, what forms that. is like, what forms is like, just to give you an idea, you, you know, gymnastics when they're doing uh, like rhythmic exercises or they're doing, you know, their floor exercises, it's kind of like the same thing, except you're doing uh, martial art moves and you're judged on, you know, technique, precision, power, speed, you know, concentration, focus, all that. So that's that comparable to that. All right. Well, I have a few more questions. I'm going to let my uh, co-host ask you a few because I don't want to. I don't want to hog all the time. Uh, <laughs> now, uh, I would be re- uh, remiss if I did not ask this, okay? Because you know, uh, Granny Hulkster would remember uh, Big Swing. It's a little too young. You probably would not remember. But I got to know what it was like spending uh, part of your lifetime in Hazard County with Bo and Luke Duke, Uncle Jesse and Daisy. I have to know what that looks like. <laughs> well, you know, when I did the reunion movie, what and happened And I do is, know the movie, you know, the Icon. Duke, I'm not that young. Yeah, it's the Dix of Hazard was off the air. <laughs> the Dix of Hazard was off the, the air for quite a time. Stifler, hold on. It's not the movie with Stifler <laughs> and Johnny Knoxville, okay? No. This is no, no. Like actual Dix of Hazard. I'm not that bad. Funny, like, I, 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 I know the original. Was, it wasn't. Okay. All right, go <laughs> well, this was a go TV ahead, movie. It was a TV okay, movie. And uh, basically, uh, one of the cast members, I can't remember who it was. I think it was the, one of the, the sheriffs. He died, and they were all at a funeral. And they all said, let's get together and do a reunion movie. So um, I went in and – Yeah, right, right, right. So I went in and I, I auditioned, and uh, they gave me the part, and I was Catherine Bach's uh, best friend in, in the in the part, and it was it was Lucky a lot you. of fun. I did a lot of fighting. Uh, yeah, I did a lot of fighting. Um, the cast was great. Uh, you know, we shot it at uh, Warner Brothers Studios where they recreated the old Dukes of Hazard town, 
and the cars and everything. So it, it was it was a, it was a lot of fun for me to you know work work with them because all I remember I just remember Daisy Dukes. <laughs> I just remember Catherine Fox used to wear the little well, shorts. You know, and, uh, yeah, exactly. You know, so I, I wasn't that familiar with the series until after you know when I was shooting it, I learned a lot you know about about the series. Okay. Right, and uh, your character in that movie was uh, Bertha Joe. And uh, yep. you were entered in the tough person contest. They changed it from the tough man contest because uh, <laughs> you were actually the toughest man. So they changed it to the toughest person contest. And if I recall, uh, your character was in the mule fighting because you would kick the guy out of the ring several times until he could not get back into the ring. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Now, yes. I remember that because, like I say, I mean, I, I knew about your, your, you know, a little about your karate background, but uh, I sh- probably shouldn't say this, but I can't stop myself. I'm going to say it anyway. I fell in love with you when you were on the Dukes of Hazzard reunion movie. Oh, okay. Hey, you know, here's a funny story. Right before I did it, I was sick as a dog. I had a hundred fever and I went to it was a Sunday and there were no no doctors around so I went to a an acupuncturist and he gave me an herb and I'm allergic to penicillin and he gave me an herb that was uh very strong to penicillin and I felt better but I had hives all over my body and I remember when I was there the the wardrobe person was going oh I'm not going to touch your legs here you cover them up with makeup yourself and and I and I couldn't talk my I think for the first three days my voice was really hoarse and I didn't think I was able to do it and they were like no come in anyway we'll work around it because I was like oh uh, you know and I was like of all times to get sick (laughs) right so Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I'll tell you, uh, um, I'm going to ask one more question. I'll let my co-host ask a few because we got about uh, 20 minutes left here with you. And uh, then we'll have uh, – well, I'll tell you what. Before I let them uh, uh, ask the questions, uh, we're, we're going to go ahead and take care of that little uh, that little liner thing that I uh, sent you. I just uh, texted to you. Uh, we're going to – I'll count you down for five seconds. Uh, we'll uh, we'll uh, record it. Uh, and if we have to do a couple takes, we'll do that. I'll count you down for five, and then we'll go ahead and do it, okay? Okay. All right, ready? Five, yeah. four, three, two, one. Hey, this is Cynthia Rothrock. You're listening to the Attitude Era Live with the host, the icon, the big swing, and Granny Holster. Perfect. One take. That's awesome. Awesome. And- and the cool thing is, because you said their name second, I did plan it that way. I can edit their names out later. No, I'm kidding. Okay, so uh, you guys, uh, go ahead. Uh, I know you guys got some questions for our guests, so go ahead. Go ahead, Big Swing. Well, I guess the main thing, you, you talked about karate and, you know, your progression through. Um, what made you, you know, when, when you were younger, what made you choose the the karate feel like what you know because some some people choose to do different you know assorted sports basketball soccer hockey whatever be cycling whatnot but what made you say you know what I want to do karate well you know I was kind of always 
out-of-the-box type of a person, even when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And I always looked for unusual things to do. And my girlfriend's parents were studying at the Scranton Karate School. And they, would, uh, they owned a health club. And on Sundays, they would clean the club. And my friend and I would go down, and we would uh, do exercises on the open floor while they were cleaning. And then they would practice their martial arts, and I would watch them do it, and I thought, wow, that costume is really cool. I want to get a belt, and I want to, you know, so the thing is I saw that, and then I was like, wow, that movement is interesting, learning, you know, how to do things with your hands and your feet. So that's what uh, struck me, and, um, you know, my mom signed me up for four months, and I really didn't like it. I wanted to quit. And then my mom was like, no, you did four months. Uh, you signed up for four months. I have to pay for it. You're going. So throughout that process, I, you know, when I started practicing and start realizing, hey, when I practice, it's not that hard. I'm getting it, and I'm getting good, you know, that I can always say thank, I thank my mom for it because she really, if she would have let me quit, I probably would have. Hmm. Well, when it comes to karate now, for example, uh, like, do you still do you still use the skills at all, or is it mostly just competitions? Or, I mean, have has karate ever really come in handy for you in, in personal life? Or, because I know a lot of yeah, friends well, who have who, yeah. are, who have been in that field and have needed it in certain situations, and, and it's been handy for them. You know, I'll tell you, a lot of people in martial arts, number one thing that you learn is awareness, okay? So you don't put yourself in a dangerous situation if possible. If you do find yourself in something, the other thing is to act confident, because which you are, because you know how you can defend yourself. So if you, uh, usually if someone's going to attack someone, they're going to prey on someone that's weak or timid or scared, you know? But if you have that confidence, like, I see you, you know, don't mess with me, which I've had to use that sometimes, like walking down the street, you know? Like I could, you know, in my mm-hmm. mind, I'm saying I can kick your ass, you know, and, and they could feel it. So they feel like you're not like a weak person. And there's things to do, like, mm-hmm. you know, when you're walking, you can hold your keys between your hands, you know, and stab someone in the eye with your keys. If they come at you. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's learning self-defense is quite easy, actually. You know, it's just the training and the reaction that you have to practice to get that. And um, a few times, you know, I might have, like, just put someone in an arm lock or something like that. I haven't really had to use it, like, where I had to defend my my life. But uh, most people that I know haven't, and I think it's because of the, you know, the awareness factor and the confidence factor that one gives off when they're somewhere. Well, you know, you hmm. mentioned, uh, you know, you haven't had to use it to defend yourself. But let me ask you this. Is uh, because of your training, let's say that someone does attack you, of course, and they don't know that you know you're an eighth degree black belt and you know you're tough as nails and everything, and then you know you injure them and then they sue you because you know you're not do, do they have that rule like you're not entitled to the same kind of uh, uh, self defense laws as other people because you know when provoked, you know, you're, you're, you're trained to deal with that. Is is there really a thing like that? Or is that just another movie thing? No, that's just like a fallacy because, you know, the reason you learn martial arts is to defend yourself. So if you had to defend yourself, you would go against the whole principle of why people learn self-defense anyway. And you know what? I think in situations like that, when you apprehend a robber or someone that's causing trouble or something like that, the police are happy. They're, they're glad that you did that. You know, they're not like to say, oh, yeah, we're going we're gonna to do that. You know, now if you went out and you caused the trouble yourself, you know, just went up and said, hey, you know, I don't, I don't, you know, you're, you know, you're talking to my boyfriend, 
you know, my boyfriend and you punch someone in the face, yeah, then you would get in trouble just like anybody else. But the rules go exactly for everybody else. You know, you, you have self-defense nowadays is so important that, you know, you can't be afraid to hurt someone because it's your life or theirs, you know, and, and yeah, yeah, there's no need to fear that you get in trouble. Like I see Icon's point because yeah, I, mean, I had to be a, that. Uh-huh. Well, well, I was say I had a buddy in college who I don't know if he was brown or black or what it was, but if he was he was one of the higher ones, and he had to carry around uh, a card on him that basically his hands were basically considered lethal weapons, and if he were to get into a fight, like let's say a bar fight or whatnot, he could actually you know, be charged with, with assault with a deadly weapon. And he had to carry this, this card around basically, you know, saying that his hands, it was like the same thing as carrying a gun for the most part. So I I didn't, I think that's sort of what he was getting at. Well, I I don't know. I've never heard of that. Okay. So you haven't ever made it up. I don't know. I never physically seen the card. I don't know, but I'm just saying that that's what he told me. He could have been, he could have been pulling your leg too. You know what I mean? It's possible, yeah. <laughs> because, you know, yeah, he could have been pulling your leg. Or he could have had a card made up, you know what I mean, just to show off or whatever like that. But, yeah, no, I've never heard of any. And I know, I know thousands and thousands and thousands of martial artists and martial arts schools and that has never existed. You get a black belt mm-hmm. card when you get a black belt, saying you're a black belt. But it's not something saying, hey, you know, I'm from a deadly weapon, beware, or something like that. Uh-huh. So, I hear so you. you never had to... Uh... So you never had to threaten your significant other with a karate move because he didn't do the dishes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't. Okay, all right. So good. I'll, I think they. Uh, I think I, they would know better if they see this. <laughs> right. Well, if I have that opportunity, if you tell me to do the dishes, I'm going to do them. Anyway, uh, <laughs> now do you uh, do you uh, do you tr- uh, train, or are you able to train, or can you train, or do you need to get a license to train people to? do karate and martial arts you know that's kind of like a a, it's a it's a thing that's not uh really that great about martial artists because uh there's no governing body uh so anybody could basically say they're a black belt get a certificate made and just open up the school and start training people um you see that it happens quite a bit these schools usually don't last um but yeah there's no governing body you know that says that you you know, like a doctor, you have to go to school to do that. You know, anybody technically could open up the school. It's like dance. You know, you could say, oh, I'm a dancer, open up a dance. You know, there's no nothing, you know, that you have to get like a, a degree for to do. But basically, if if you, you're not really qualified, people are going to find out, you know, and your school's not going to last. Okay. Well, we have uh, Cynthia Rothrock joining us. We've got about uh, 10 more minutes here with you. Uh, we're going to ask you a. Uh, I'm going to ask you a couple favors uh, if you can do this or not. Uh, first off, uh, this is kind of an ego question that everybody knows is coming. Uh, the icon made you a cool little collector's card. Was that not the coolest thing you ever saw? What for me? Have I seen yeah, it? Yeah, I, I, I sent I sent you on Messenger. I made a card for you. Oh, you did. Ah, uh, I no, I did not see. It. I just got back from Japan like yesterday, <laughs> so okay. I, I was kind of out of the loop for a while. But I'll I'll okay. check it out. Sounds cool. Well, it's, well, it's on Messenger for you. And the other thing we were going to okay. ask is, uh, uh, we have a big December show coming up uh, where we uh, uh, have giveaways for our fans. Uh, would you be able to uh, uh, 
get us some autograph pictures or some autographs for giveaways for our December show if uh, I sent you the address and you know if you need postage sure. paid or whatever I can take care of that too. Definitely, I will definitely do that. Okay, I'll send you the I'll I'll send you the I'll text you the address uh, so you have okay. it. Uh, yeah, okay. Okay. Because we have we have a, a friend of our show. Her name is uh, Mariah Prusher. She's uh, she's an MMA fighter and now she's into uh, uh, boxing. And uh, uh-huh. she's one of the people that I'd like to give the autograph to, so she can put it up on her wall. You know. Sure, definitely. I totally will. And uh, I, she's probably listening to the show, so I just ruined the surprise. But anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah, <well. laughs> when I give it to her. Uh, okay. So what um, what what projects are you in now? Uh, do you have any? Um, do you have any uh, things that you want to uh, pitch uh, that you uh, like any competition you got coming up that you're training for right now or uh, anything, any big stuff you got coming up in the future that you want to talk about? Yeah, there's a couple things. I have three movies that I'm about to do. One is the martial arts kid part two. We did those two years ago. And another one is a, a science fiction fantasy uh, one that I'm going to do, and that's going to be great because uh, I've never done anything like that before. That's going to be in April of 2019. And then I'm um, also uh, working on a, another, uh, like an assassin film that I'm really excited about that uh, hopefully we will we'll shoot that one next year. And then I'm working on uh, my documentary, uh, basically putting together uh, – a documentary on my life and it's going to be different than your typical documentary. It's going to be more funny and uplifting and motivational and, you know, just uh, very entertaining. Well, so, uh, so yeah. you know, at the, at the end of your documentary, when you do all the thanks to all the people, maybe you can throw in a little thank you to the icon, the big swing and granny Hulkster at the end of the video. And, uh, give us a little plug. <laughs> well, I'm probably going to do a, a crowd raiser for some of this. So you could, you could donate something and I will definitely thank you guys. <laughs> all right. Well, I'll tell you what, what is the time frame of when you want to start that your documentary? Well, actually I'm, I'm, uh, I have, I have a uh, Dave Shelton. I don't know if you know who he is. He's uh, he was a writer for Seinfeld and, uh, he was uh, the head of like National Lampoon writer. He's written scripts. He's done comics. He's done cartoons, and he's uh, going to write and direct for me. So uh, we are um, just met with him a little while ago, and I'm all excited about that that he's on board. So uh, we're in the beginning stages of him and I uh, putting putting it together and seeing you know um, how we're going to do this. And his his name is David Shelton. Yes, Dave Shelton. Uh, okay, do you think, uh, uh, you know, you could hook us up with him, too? Because the reason why I'm asking is I, uh, when your documentary is about ready to be released, uh, we'd like uh-huh. to have you back on, and you could tell us about it so we can get people to uh, to uh, uh, get into it and start watching it. Oh, yeah, I'm sure he'd love to uh, love to be on it. He's, he's got a whole lot of credits of a lot of stuff. He's um, so, yeah, we'll pass that over to him, and uh, I'll give you his contact, and you can uh, get in touch with him. Sure, yeah. If, yeah, if you could uh, text that to me, that'd be awesome because uh, I, yeah, have my I definitely will. And, yeah. yeah, and you're one of the uh, – I'm proud to say that you're uh, – for obvious reasons, uh, you're one of the few female guests that we have that does not have a restraining order on me because I know that you uh, can put me into a trick if I, <laughs> you know, if I come close to you. So, anyway – uh, I appreciate uh, that. 
you guys, she can take care of herself, so she doesn't need a restraining order. Her hands are her <laughs> restraining order. <laughs> so, uh, and then real quick here, we, we, we're just about ready to wrap up here. If our friends wanted to uh, check you out and follow you, do you have a Facebook? Do you have an Instagram? you got a Twitter? you got YouTube? What do you got out there? Yeah, I got them all. I just started my YouTube channel, so they could go to that and subscribe. It's, uh, it's uh, Cynthia Rothrock Channel. There's a lot of stuff out there that's not me, but I, you know, if you go to youtube.com slash Cynthia Rothrock channel, um, you could uh, do that. I have training things on there. I have my, I, you know, I like extreme adventures, so I have my adventure trips on there. Oh, a lot of different stuff. I'm on Facebook. Um, there's a, a lot, again, on Facebook. There's like, I think every woman in Africa named themselves Cynthia Rothrock. <laughs> there's like a hundred of them on there. But the one I'm on is I'm doing a jumping sidekick on my timeline. That one is mine, and the official page is mine as well. And, and that's what uh, I made the card on it was that sidekick. Yes, yes. So that's, yeah, that's, that's, so that's how they can find my Facebook page. And it's full, but people, I keep everything public so everybody could see and, also, you know, if people have questions or whatever, I try to get back to as many as I can, uh, you know, as long as if it's, it's a question. Usually if it's just hi, it's hard for me to get back to everybody that says hi. But I will answer something, you know, if someone has uh, a question. And I can vouch for that because I sent you the message and you responded within 48 hours. And you agreed to yeah, that. Yeah, so appreciate that. Yeah, and, I see that. Uh, I know. I think I might have called a little late because for some reason I thought it was at nine fifteen. Yeah, it was. Yeah, and so well, it's only eight o'clock here. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Well, where are you calling from? Well, I'm calling from North Dakota. Uh, Big Swing is in New York, and Granny is um, in uh, uh, the Kansas City area. Oh, no, okay. I'm in Arkansas. I'm yeah. in Arkansas, Icon. I live in Arkansas. Well, I know. Oh, okay. Well, I know, well see, I, I was going that, on California just, time. Was, yeah, I was just trying to have some fun with the Kansas City. Oh, too. I know. I know. I know. Where do you know she's a Raiders fan, though? No, I am not a Raiders fan, Big Swing, so bite your tongue. I love my cheese, so don't even go there. Or Granny will have to put you in a headlock. Oh. <laughs> And I'm not a right. and I'm not a wrestler, by the way. I'm just a fan of the big sport of wrestling. So, <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, Cynthia, we do appreciate it. And like I say, uh, I was not kidding when I said uh, when I saw you in the Dukes of Hazard, I fell in love with you, and I still have a crush on you. I know I'm not in your league, but uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll I'll still I'll still uh, give you compliments that way. <laughs> well, thank you, and I hope to meet you in person someday. Well, I will definitely arrange that, and we appreciate you joining us. And uh, I'll send you all that address. You can send us Mr. Shelton's contact info. Uh, We'd appreciate it. And then uh, I'll stay in contact with you when your documentary is about ready to be released a couple weeks before. Uh, Send me a message, and then we'll get you back on again, and we'll we'll, uh, get as many of our fans uh, uh, buying that and downloading that and purchasing it, er everything you need. We'll take care of it for you. Perfect. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks, Cynthia. Cynthia. Have a great night. Appreciate it. Okay, you too. Bye, everybody. All right, bye-bye. Bye. Cynthia Rothrock, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, man. Yeah, like I say, when she was on the Dukes of Hazzard uh, reunion movie, I, uh, you know, I just had to uh, had to try and find you her. Love, you love her, huh? I sure did. 
Now, let me, I'm going to, uh, while we're waiting for our next guest, our next guest is supposed to call in at uh, 1015, uh, my time, which okay. is 1015, your time. Uh, yep. But let me, tell you, let me tell you guys how much I hate that freaking Kevin Owens and oh, how much geez. I hate Winnipeg, how much I hate Winnipeg, how much I hate Kevin Owens from the word go. Now, here's the deal. The guy says he quits. Okay, and then he shows up last night, uh, that roly-poly bastard. You know, if I'm allowed to say that. But, you know... Well, yeah, he he attacked um, Bobby Lashley, which I don't know if that was exactly a smart move. Well, you know, know, the thing is, everybody knows uh, how much I despise Winnipeg, uh, especially the Winnipeg Gold Eyes. I mean, I have friends in Winnipeg. You know, I'm not talking about you, but everything else in Winnipeg, I do not like. Uh, anything about Kevin Owens and his his Canadian lifestyle, I, I don't like. I mean, the thing about Kevin Owens is when he said that he was re, uh, was quitting, I, I I was I was jumping for joy, even though I know it was uh, a work and a kayfabe, and uh, and I. Uh, I had said how much on Facebook, on a post, how much I hate Kevin Owens. And one fan uh, took exception to that because uh, I should not be running down Kevin Owens because he's a heel on the TV, but he's a nice guy in real life. I don't care. Care less if he, he's like mom and apple pie. I could give a care less. He's a jackass. And if I saw him on the street, if I saw him in person, I'd slap the hell out of him. Because he deserves <laughs> it. Because he's a piece of crap. But, you know, Icon, we've we've known your feelings. I've actually known your feelings a lot longer than, than, than Granny has uh, regarding Kevin Owens. But I guess we've never gotten down to exactly why. Like, I mean, you say he's a piece of crap and you hate him and yada, yada, yada. But there's, there's got to be, like, a, a, a reason for, you know, for your hatred of Kevin Owens. Because, you know, something had to have triggered you to, to feel this way. Well, I'll tell you what. Here, here's when it started. And I cannot remember what, uh, what pay-per-view it was or if it was a Monday Night Raw or whatever. But... Uh, he was walking into the building, and uh, one of the new gals at the WWE hired to do interviews uh, was uh, going to interview Kevin Owens. And he had said – he had talked down to her. He had something – he had said something really bad to her. Whether it was kayfabe or not, I don't care. That's when I started hating him was because of that segment. And, yeah, but uh, don't, you, don't you think that was kayfabe? I don't. I don't, I don't think he like did that like on his own. You know, I, I think perhaps that was that was you know he was supposed to do that kayfabe wise. I don't care. I I lost all. I lost all. I lost all uh, care for the guy uh, because of that. Uh, because of that uh, segment, and uh, I'll never have any like for the guy. Uh, if he turns babyface, I don't care. 
I still won't like him. Uh, you know, and uh, Granny, I know how you feel. I know how you <laughs> feel about the heels. Oh yeah, and yeah. I know. I know you don't have as a deep a hatred for Kevin Owens as I do. However, there's got to be somebody on the current roster that you that you that you do hate, though, right? Besides Kevin Owens? No, no, her, Granny. Well, I used to love Sami Zayn until he hooked up with Kevin Owens, and then I didn't like Sami Zayn anymore. I don't like Baron Corbin. Period. I just I can't. I've never been. A, I've never liked Baron Corbin. I think he's stupid. And let me see here. Who else? Um, the Miz. I don't like the Miz. I, I just. See, no, I, I don't have a problem with the Miz. I can't stand the Miz. He just. He. He just. I can't stand him. I mean, they say he's a really nice guy in real life, and he may be, but I just. I don't and like he him. is. I don't like the Miz. Mike I don't like Mizzle the Miz. Or I, I don't. Or whatever. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't like him. I don't like him, and I don't like the fact what um, Drew McIntyre and Dolph Ziggler did last night to the revival. You know, to just get their chance, you know, to take the belts away from the B team. You know, I mean, and Renee Young said it very well. The B team was not prepared last night because all of a sudden, you know. Baron Corbin says, well, if the Revival can't wrestle, we'll we'll take care of it. Well, you know, Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre takes out the Revival, so all of a sudden now Ziggler and McIntyre are your new tag team champions, which is fine. That's the way WWE wants it. But I don't like Dolph Dolph Ziggler, and I don't like Drew McIntyre. I don't like the Eels, period. I mean, I don't care who they are. Well, you know, here's here's the thing, though. Here's the thing, though. I mean, I understand, you know, this is kind of like a vice versa thing. Uh, I know I know your dislike for the Miz, but I've had personal contact with him. Okay, and that's fine. Uh, I, yeah. Well, no. Let me let me let me finish. Let me finish. But here's the deal, though. If I have personal contact with Kevin Owens, he's going to get nothing but an uppercut in the mouth from me. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> right, Tom. We do have somebody on the line. Um, it's a strange number. It's ones. It's like binary code. I don't know if it's somebody calling in with a, with a computer mic or what that is, but uh, Carly, you are on. Hey, Carly. Hey, it's uh, Jordan Garber calling in from Winnipeg. Oh. Oh, it's a, it's a Winnipegger. Wow. Yes, indeed. So, Great to be here. How so, are you guys doing tonight? Oh, not too so, bad. Uh, not too bad. So, do you, uh, do you have... Uh, uh, are you calling in because uh, you don't like what I'm saying about Kevin Owens in Winnipeg? No, not at all, man. I, I've been listening to your insights, and you guys all have a bunch of great opinions, and they are valued. I, I'm just calling in, you know. you got to love professional wrestling. It's something we nice, all share nice. in common. Now, well, I'll tell you what, guys. Me, uh, Icon, you, you've said some things now. This This is interesting because – not only did you express your hatred for Kevin Owens, which I still don't think we got down to the real nuts and bolts as to why, um, but you've also said some things about the town or city of Winnipeg. Now, I've never been there. The only place in Canada I've ever been is, is Montreal. So I can't say one thing or another about uh, you know Winnipeg as a whole. Icon, you have had some things to say regarding Winnipeg. Now we have somebody from Winnipeg on the line. This this could get very uh 
WWE uh, promo tastic right now. As as uh, are you going to defend those statements uh, about Winnipeg? I sure am. I don't like Winnipeg. <laughs> okay. <laughs> wow. It's funny how you you ask that question. I'm gonna. It sounds unbelievable, and you you, you say Scott has been making fun of Winnipeg on the show, and he has been for years. I can't uh, say anything but agree with Scott. What? I can't okay. say anything but agree with okay. Scott, and I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why I, I agree with Scott and his statements on Winnipeg. Well, uh, I, I, I don't know who – hold on. I don't know who the Scott guy is you're talking about, but I, I, I'm the icon, so I don't know who the Scott guy is, but I, icon is who I think Well, that, that that is, for the record, your real name. The guy's done his research. I'll give him that. Anyway, caller, okay. continue. Continue. <laughs> so, yeah, basically that is the case uh, because I lived in Winnipeg. Let's be honest, I lived here all my life. And, like, what's that make you right away? That's a turnoff, right? So you, you're going to go to New York City and you're going to say, oh, hey, where are you from? Oh, I'm from Winnipeg. Like, I like the city, but the only thing I like about it are my friends and my family and the wrestling scene that we have here. If None of those things were in particular, and say, hey, the baseball team, maybe all of that shit. If that was gone, right. like this, I would be gone. Like I can't. Uh, Winnipeg's not the best city to live in, and for many, I think if I moved somewhere else, I would do much better with my life. Well, you know, hmm. I'll tell you, uh, we're only uh, we're only a three and a half hour drive. Come on down, North Dakota will take you. You know, the funny thing is, <laughs> I love it. The last time, I last every. Time, the last time I was in Canada, I thought I was going to a carnival because I said Winnipeg. Anyway. Oh, jeez. Oh, my God. <laughs> I can't. I can it on now. Um, <clears throat> I've been to – now, here's the thing. I am from New York. Um, not necessarily the city, but I'm, I'm not very far. I can get to the city in a, in a short car ride if need be. Uh, and the state is based out of New York. Um, I've been to North Dakota as well. And, you know, I think it's funny because everywhere you go, you're either going to, you know, like the place or, or, or dislike the place. And, you know, coming from New York, uh, and this is like uh, the, what the, the caller from, uh, from Winnipeg brought up about, you know, you go to New York City and everyone says, oh, where are you from? Oh, I'm from Winnipeg. And, you know, in in his eyes is immediate turnoff for me everybody i talk to doesn't matter where i go everybody thinks new york is the city they they, they don't understand that new york there there's a whole state outside of just the city and uh you know so they're like oh where are you from oh new york oh boy big city a lot of people huh that's um, the same thing the city is yeah but there's more to it than just the city you know in fact the city, despite the population, the city is quite small. It's just, you know, a huge population. That's why everyone thinks it. And it's like an uh, pun intended here. It's an icon uh, in, in the country, um, but it's it's not it's not all of what New York is. So I think anywhere you go, you're going to get that. And uh, you know, I, I think that it really just depends on on your take on on different places, but. Now, um, now uh, there's been a lot of Canadian wrestlers who have been big, big, big time. Um, who 
being from Canada and from a place where there's been an awful lot of wrestlers from, especially the Manitoba, Winnipeg area, uh, who's your favorite WWE wrestler? Is it a Canadian or, or is it is it not? You know, uh, when I started watching wrestling, uh, the reason why I wanted to be a part of the wrestling business was because of uh, Jeff Hardy and Chris Jericho. Now, Chris Jericho okay. started out here in Winnipeg, and he did mm-hmm. some shows here with Tony Candelo alongside with Edge and, I believe, uh, Christian. And they all did these, uh, they did the Northern Hell Tour, which when you go, like, literally as far north as Nunavut, if any of you guys know where that is, that's, like, the most northern state, territory slash province you can go and you're literally driving up there on the ice and uh they went through that tour and they did shows in winnipeg every other week back in the day so it's good kind of good to see you know you 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 can't you might not love where you're from but you'll never change where you're from so it's kind of good to see people from your hometowns uh you know accomplishing that and making a name for themselves well tell us uh tell us uh what is uh what is your background in wrestling? What uh, what do you do in the wrestling business? Yeah, well, what I do is I'm a professional wrestling journalist. I run a podcast, I write some articles, and then uh, alongside with that, I go referee. Um, I've been in a match. I manage, so I, I kind of become an all rounder when it comes to actual hmm. live professional wrestling events. But for and that's let's say twenty five percent of the time. But 75% of the time, I'm basically uh, doing my podcasts, uh, trying to spread the word, I guess, of the the gospel of what we all know and love, and that's pro wrestling. Well, I'll tell you what. Here's what we'll do for you. Because you decided to call in tonight, and uh, actually, here's what we're going to say. We're, we're, we're going to officially uh, uh, mention you as a guest. Uh, and Night we you, give yes. A special, uh, we give special privileges to our guests. Tell us about uh, your podcast, when it's on, uh, what time, what night, what day, and uh, I guess what time and what day. What, well, you know what I mean. When, when, when is it? Yeah, well, we'll, we'll shout it out. We'll, we'll advertise it for you. Every Sunday uh, at uh, every, every Sunday at 10 p.m. Central Time from 12 a.m., we have Cut the Promo Wrestling Podcast. We do that each and every week. We interview 75% pro wrestlers, but 25% baseball players. And we talk to some of the former big leaguers of not just the major leagues in baseball, obviously, but in professional wrestling. So it's a good combination. Uh, tune in, blogtalkradio.com backslash cut the promo for more information and for upcoming shows. So uh, be sure to check it out. And uh, follow me on Twitter as well, at Jordan J. Garber. I'd like to hear from all of you. Now, uh, how about on yeah, Facebook? Can we find you on Facebook? Yes, uh, Facebook is uh, Jordan Garber as well. Well, I'll tell you what. Here's what I'm going to do for you, too, because you can't. You called in. Uh, I'm going to send you, uh, like I do with all our guests, uh, I'm going to send you a collector's card, and hopefully you'll put it up on your page uh, and let everybody know uh, that, uh, you know, uh, we'll pitch your show. You pitch our. Now let me ask you this: You mentioned Sunday nights at 10 p.m. Uh, what uh, What would you say if uh, if uh, we could arrange it? If uh, Big Swing or Granny Holster or I would like to join you for one of your podcasts, would uh, you allow us uh, to come on and uh, be uh, be co-host with you for a night? 
Oh, absolutely, my friend. Uh, we can uh, we can arrange that. I have one co-host already, but you know I'm looking for. Uh, I, I I like the I listened to your podcast before, and I like how you guys put a show together. It, it's uh, it makes people stay tuned in. So for sure, I will uh, message you and uh, for more information, and I can uh, we can get that going. And once again, thank you for everything. Yeah, it's not a problem. Thanks, Jordan. Awesome. You guys have a good night. You, you as well. Night, buddy. All right. Thank you. So I thought, honestly, it, it was funny. I, I, I saw the number come up, and um, I know what that is. The one 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 number is basically if you call in using a Blog Talk account, uh, basically you call in from your computer using your computer mic, uh, that's just the default number that they give you. Um, but last couple of times we've had those numbers, they've been – uh, either you know a soundboard or a loop prank or whatever it was. So uh, I'm I'm you know getting I, I was getting ready to hit the dump button, but uh, I'm actually kind of glad that I did not because I think we may have something good here with with Jordan and he seems to know you know a lot about wrestling and he's from arguably whether Icon likes it or not one of the meccas of wrestling and that is the Winnipeg Manitoba Canada area. So uh, so that's beautiful. Icon, you know, get in touch with him. You reach out. You're our marketing guy. You uh, reach out with him and see what we can do. And uh, there is about 42 minutes left to go here. Uh, we, we were having a, a quick Kevin Owens discussion before that came on. And uh, what time was the uh, the caller supposed to call in for the next guest? Uh, should be called in anytime. Anytime. Okay. So to put it on um, – some more of this Kevin Owens discussion for a moment. Uh, I don't, like I said, I don't dislike Kevin Owens, but I just, I don't, I don't care enough about Kevin Owens. You know, like, I, I, I just don't, I don't feel like Kevin Owens to me matters. You know, he, he's been, he's the kind of guy He's the kind of guy that, you know, yeah. If he's in the, you know, if he's in the, uh, he's in the league, great. Uh, if you know, if he's on the show, great. If he's not, then whatever. And I just, I don't, I don't care. He doesn't bother me. Uh, somebody who bothers me right now, honestly, and and I turn it off a lot whenever they're on. <sighs> You know, I don't think I have a deep-seated burning hatred right now like you do for somebody just because WWE's been so lackluster and lame with their character building. But if I had to choose somebody from the Raw roster, um, I would probably say Jinder Mahal, and that's that's simply just because – he went from being an absolute jobber, like dark match jobber to WWE champion in the blink of an eye. And I just don't think he did enough to deserve that. push. Um, but he doesn't, I don't have the deep seated burning hatred for him. I just kind of like whenever he's on, he doesn't really do it for me. Even when he was champion, didn't really do it for me. Um, on the SmackDown side, meh, I don't really care about, you know, anybody over there either. So that's, and that's, to me, the sad part about WWE, because when I was growing up, there were guys that I hated 
Now, I don't mean hated in terms of, oh, God, I got to turn the station, but guys that I always rooted against just by default. And I don't have that now. Now I just kind of watch it and go through the motions and any match, you know, that happens, happens. But um, I don't watch somebody and go, oh, you know, that SOB. You know, I, I just, I don't care. Um, so I guess I can, the reason why I'm saying that is leading up to this, out of all your time watching wrestling, and you've had an awful lot of time watching wrestling, is Kevin Owens the guy you would say out of all of the years of watching that you hate the absolute most out of all of the wrestlers you've, you've been, you know, experienced with? Um, well, that's a, that's a tough question. Um, that's I why would they pay have me the big to box. say, well, I would have to say yes. Cause, uh, I mean, there's wrestlers I've hated, but I ended up liking eventually, and then, of course, going back mm. to hating again, but not hating all the time. And uh, Kevin Owens will never have any saving grace with me, so I'm never going to like the guy, no matter what. And, you know, the thing is, and uh, I, I'm going to make this point, and then our guest should be calling in shortly. Sure. Uh, I don't get why when you oh well maybe this is the wrong question to ask but I'm going to ask it anyway I don't get why if I dislike somebody or you dislike somebody or Granny Holster dislikes somebody and you talk about it you know people got to run you down instead of just saying okay explain why instead of just name calling and stuff like that that's the well, society we're in today. I don't in want to, their defense, Icon, you've never actually explained why. You've just stated that you don't like him. I, I'm still confused as to why you don't like him, honestly. And I've been listening to you talk about Kevin Owens for years, and I just I, – I, I'm still confused as to what sparks the hatred. I, I understand it was talking down to the commentator or whatever, but – there's got to be more than one instance that makes you have this deep of a hatred. Well, that and the fact that, uh, you know, his, uh, you know, his, well, let me say, I don't like his marketing either. Fight Kevin hmm. fight and this and that and all his, oh, it's fight crazy. Owens fight. Yeah. Fight Owens uh, fight. Fight Owens uh, fight. What? Sorry. I kind of liked it. That's kind of like Alexa with the O H I O last night. That was yeah. that's fun. That's a fun chant. And uh, I also got to mention, uh, and I'll 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 try and uh, photo uh, take a video from my television. But the icon over the weekend was seen by millions of people watching ESPN this la- on hmm. Saturday. Why is that? The icon. The icon was live in the audience at the North Dakota State Cal Poly football game, and they put him on the TV. I was on. I'm gonna have to go. I'm gonna look that up right now. If I look up, if I look up North Dakota State football, um, like highlights. Well, yeah, but if I like look up the highlights of the game, like you know how the ESPN does like those little clips, uh, do you think you'll be on it? I don't know, but I, I know I was. I'm definitely looking that up. There's no question. So yeah, I, I see that yeah. they won. I see that they won 49 to three. Right, and if uh, if you guys want to check it out, 
Uh, I'm on about the 37-minute mark on the broadcast. 37-minute mark. You know what? I'm going on YouTube right now. Um, I've also noticed they don't really play anybody um, like major this year. I'm looking at their schedule. There's no like major big-time teams this year. Because no one has the guts to face us, that's why. I see, I see. Your next game, North Alabama, then you play Delaware, then South Dakota State. Now, tell me this, that's a home game. What's the rivalry with South Dakota State? Is that a big one? Well, yeah, those uh, those bastards have beat us <laughs> the last two years in a row, and they, they hold the Dakota marker. And uh, we are going to get the Dakota marker back this year, and South Dakota State can kiss my ass. So, 929, September 29th, 3.30 p.m. Now, that's Central Time, 4.30 p.m. out here in New York, is at North Dakota State. And I think it's a safe bet, if I was a betting man, which I am, that Icon will be at that game loud and proud, huh? Uh, I I have not missed a uh, Bison football game in, uh, what, 10 years? Now, what about regular South Dakota? Because you play them uh, the this year, too. Yeah, the University of South Dakota. Uh, the Coyotes, we play uh, We play them on the road. Uh, but I don't dislike South Dakota as much as I dislike South Dakota State. Now, now what about, what about North Dakota, Valley. University of North Dakota? Screw them, too. Okay. <laughs> Fair uh, enough. You, them UND, uh, they're, they're, they're called the Fighting Hawks now. They used to uh-huh. be called the. They used to be called the Fighting Sioux, uh, and to me, Sioux uh, sucks. We'll always start with SU, and uh, Sioux will always suck to me. Uh, they'll always be the Fighting Sioux suck to me, and to a lot of North Dakota State football fans. Here we go. North on Dakota that, State. Hold on, I, I've got it pulled up here. And I know this is a wrestling broadcast, but we're waiting for the caller to call in here. Still nobody on the line. Um, I'm going to – I'm looking at this. North Dakota State – and, Granny, I'll send this to you um, on Facebook Messenger. You said you're at about the what, 37-minute mark? Yep. Give or take. I'm going to go – I'm going to go to 36 – Well, I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll, give, you, I'll give you the exact position – uh, the the exact time left on the clock when I was on, because uh, I have it. Uh, there was twenty five uh, nine minutes and fifty seven seconds left in the first quarter uh, when I was on. Nine minutes and fifty seven seconds. Ah, I clicked right on it here. North Dakota State was up seven nothing. I'm going to scroll back a little bit. I'm going to scroll back a little bit here. Still nine fifty seven. Still 9.57. Wow. I guess there was a timeout or something. Still. Yep. Okay, they're doing a sideline interview, sideline interview, Josh Doomhall. Okay. Let's take a look at this here. NDSU, and I'm assuming that's the Fargo Dome. It looks like a nice building. Yep. All righty. 9.57. Now, are you in the crowd? Or are they, are yep. they interviewing you like, yeah. oh, this guy? No, I'm in the crowd. Okay. Okay, because they're talking to this Josh Doomhall, this guy from from Minot here, or Minot. Yeah, he was in Transformers. He's from North Dakota. Okay. 
So I'm scrolling forward a little bit. Still doing the still doing the talking part. Now they just shook I, his hand. I can let you know. He's walking away. No, I literally I'm gonna put this in my video editor, and I'm gonna I'm gonna cut, I'm gonna cut this up, and I'm just gonna like save it as a video. Maybe I'll put maybe I'll put this as a part of the slideshow for the uh, for the show here. Um, okay, nine fifty-seven. Okay, there's, uh, I'm assuming it's a timeout because there's nine fifty-seven yep. and the players are still. Okay, now they're showing the crowd. And Cal's not very good, I assume. Didn't they? Haven't they lost like forty games in a row or something like that? Something like okay, that. There's a girl in white. There's a girl in white shorts. Yep. This is interesting. Okay, she's swinging her arms around. Back down to the coach. This is. I feel like I'm doing like a play-by-play of a, you know, a, a, a game here. Okay. Here's the guy with the with the headset. I mean, this is a long timeout. I don't know if there was an injury or what yeah. the hell happened, but this well, is no, the one of the longest out. timeouts. The what? The lights went out. Oh, the power went out. Oh, well, that yeah. that doesn't happen in you know big stadiums. All right, let's see here. Um, they're showing the replay, the Nodak Insurance Company replay. Isn't that the, isn't that the company you worked for? Uh, okay, well, I'm still. Still scrolling forward, still scrolling forward. All right, now there's a girl sitting on somebody's shoulders, and she's uh, clearly intoxicated, going back and forth with the arms here. Looks like a college student. Yep. Still no caller. Still no caller on the line, by the way. Um, All right. Let's see. Let's see. Where the hell are you, Icon? I'm putting forth way too much effort here. Well, I'll um, tell you. I'll tell you what. You'll you'll see. Uh, what are you wearing? Are you wearing your black icon shirt? Yep, yep. Some guy in a green jersey holding a Pepsi cup. Okay, there's the coach. I'm scrolling. You're, you'll see me right after little... the father and the little boy. Father and the little boy. Oh, okay. I see the father and the little boy. Oh, oh, oh! There he is. <laughs> okay. Yo, Granny, I got to show you this. This is pretty cool. He's uh so this was the uh, well, it's not the national broadcast cuz North Dakota State doesn't yes, make national is. television. Yes, we do. ESPN. It's a regional. It's a regional broadcast, but um No, no, no. This is on ESPN. We're, when? we're part of ESPN Plus. Plus. Okay, yeah, ESPN Plus, but you got to have you know, a cable package to have that. Uh, okay. There's the little boy and his father. Okay. And there's and there's there's the big scary icon right there. Now wait a minute, I, I gotta put the sound <laughs> on. That does the does the guy say anything? Like 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 does the commentators no. mention you at all? No, he was dumbfounded. Uh, Listen, this is a that. C this is a C of of green and yellow. And then you've just got some guy with long hair and, and all black and white just standing up. He looks like Sting. Like, like he's like, like, like literally, like he's just wearing black and white, and everybody else in the entire stadium has, has green and yellow on. I, I, I mean, well, I guess it, I guess it sets him out, sets him apart a little bit. Well, here's why. Um, because uh, one game we have a gold rush, which is everybody wears gold. 
And then the next game we have uh, the green, which everybody wears green. But the icon, there is no green. There is no gold. He's wearing black. <laughs> Always. Well, I see that. One of black a kind. And, white. and, you know, not only One that, Greg, but he's got a shirt on. He's got a shirt on that looks like the old NWO logo, but it just says icon. Yep, that's me. Now, if you can record that and send it to me or put it on, that would be great. And you knew the camera was on you. I mean, you posed and pointed and the whole thing. Well, yeah, because they told me that they were going to me. So to be oh. ready. That's See, pretty cool. No, no, if you were if you were on a national broadcast, I mean that's that's pretty cool. I'm I'm <clears throat> I'm I like that. I'm I'm with that. Granny, have you ever been on an Arkansas uh, Razorbacks football game? Um, well, um I used to my husband and I well before my husband and I got married, we used to be ticket takers at the Razorback games. And okay. then, like the last two minutes, we would go. Some of us would go stand down on the field to keep the people from coming out on the field. You know, after the game was over. And I got oh, okay. there uh, a few times. You know, at a Razorback game, and my son one time got to be a ball boy at an Arkansas Razorback basketball game, and oh. I got a picture up in the crowd. You know, and everything. And it was kind of funny because my son got picked on a lot when he was young. You know, he got bullied in school mm. a lot. And mm. he told his friends at school that he got to be an Arkansas Razorback basketball boy, and he got his picture taken with Guy Whitney, and they didn't believe him. And my son whipped out from the newspaper out of his pocket and says, here you go. <laughs> and suddenly but it was cool now, again, right? Yeah. Well, he was never he was never he he was never cool in school, but you know, it it put those little boys in their place when they were messing with my kid, but you know, but see Granny, I have been on national television when traditional championship wrestling was running on TV. I mean, when they used to do their shows, they used to televise their show, they used to do TV tapings, and they still mm-hmm. show the old reruns of TCW down in the Little Rock area. And matter of fact, one of my friends on Facebook sent me a picture of a screenshot of me and my husband and my son sitting in the crowd at a TCW show. He says, Lori Bird, I see you on TV. (laughs) And I mean, I still, to this day, I still have people message me on Facebook and say, hey, aren't you that lady in the yellow shirt at TCW? I mean, you know, Granny was very popular on television when TCW was running back in the day. Well, you know, hmm. here's here's the thing. So Go basically, what you're saying, thing. basically, what you're saying is that I am just a regular radio guy who happens to be on a podcast with two celebrities. Is what you're saying? Well, right. I mean, well, you can call it call it what you want, dear. Call it what you want, there, big swing. But if you if you YouTube, if you go on YouTube. And mm-hmm. and type in traditional championship wrestling, you will see a lot of different episodes with Granny and the crowd because they always specifically made sure that I was in the center section because the way I interact with the wrestlers. Okay. Now, it was the very la- it was the very last episode that TCW did, and Tommy Dreamer was and part of an eight-man tag team match, and it was an elimination uh, tag team match. And it got down to Tommy Dreamer and Matt Rivera. 
and Tommy Dreamer comes over and picked up my took my cane out of my hand, and he knocked he had Matt Riviera down on the floor, and he was taking my cane and twisting. You know, and they're like, oh, my God, he's got Granny Holster's cane. And he's like, he's going down to the nether regions. And then, you know, Brian Thompson is like, Granny, what do you think you're doing? This isn't fans. Bring your own weapons match. And and then Tommy was walking, and it was one of those fold-up canes. So it looked like mm-hmm. he broke it. And, oh, my God, mm-hmm. they're like, oh, my God, he broke Granny's cane. You know, and then he comes back and takes the handle and tucks the handle under Matt's tights and pulls it on the bottom of the cane and makes him hop like a bunny rabbit. Gives him a serious wedgie. Hmm. Well, so yeah, I mean, I'm oh have yeah. To look that up. Well, you know, I, it was like the, the very last episode. It was like the very last show that TCW did. It was like November of 2013. It was called Last Stand, and so I'm not sure what episode it actually was on YouTube, but I mean. Yeah. Well, here's now, the, here's here's the thing about North Dakota State. Originally, we used to be on uh, ESPN uh, two or three, okay? But they moved North Dakota State to ESPN because when you win six national championships out of seven years, and we're going to win number seven this year, our season is called Stairway to Seven. They, uh, you know, you kind of get notoriety real fast. Well. True, but here's the thing. You still got James Madison in your way. No, they lost their first game. It doesn't matter. They're, they're still going to make the playoffs. Well, yeah, but uh, we get a higher seed than them, though. If we run the table and they don't, which they which they can't now. Well, they can't. You're right. So, so if we, if we run the table, chances are you guys are going to get the home game is what you're saying. Well, no, the cha- national championship is uh, is played Neutral in Frisco, Texas. Yeah, yeah, which I already have, which I already have tickets for. Uh, but uh, we would, uh, we would, uh, if we run the table, we would host all all we, all our playoff games would be at home. We have never had to go on the road for the playoffs yet uh, since two thousand ten. Okay. So. So. Obviously, you're you know, you're 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 pretty confident in your squad. Um, you know what's actually really funny, Icon and, and Granny, and and I figured we're, we're way off topic. We might as well, you know, we might as well stay <laughs> off topic for the time being. Uh, just because there's really not much else to talk about. SmackDown was very average, and we really got raw out of our system earlier. And the other guest uh, isn't calling, so apparently, you know, we 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 can stay off topic. But the um, the, the school that I do play-by-play for uh, up here in Saratoga, New York, uh, it's called Skidmore College, and it's the team that I do the football play-by-play for, as well as, you know, lacrosse, baseball, softball, you name it. They don't have football, unfortunately, um, but they are also yellow and green. And it's funny because every time I see them out there, I just I think of the icon, and I'm just like, huh, you know, that this is what it, this is what it feels like to root for the yellow and green. So Skidmore College, they, they support us. They're one of the, uh, you know, one, one of the, the sponsors that's not technically a sponsor, if that makes any sense. And, uh, you know, they're, you know, they're, they're a team that's won, you know, they've won their conference the last couple of years uh, in men's and women's and very competitive. So uh, what I'll do 
granny as well. Um, remember I told you I, I, um, I tailor my broadcast after the old Jim Ross. Uh, if we have time at the end of this, uh, I may end the broadcast tonight since we're talking about now sports. I'm talking about broadcasting and we're talking about different things. I may end the broadcast with one of my uh, radio calls from Skidmore last year that ended uh, in, in, in exciting fashion. It wasn't the way that I wanted it to end. Uh, it, it ended kind of controversially, but I may end it. If I don't end it, I'll, I'll at least send it to you uh, so you can listen to it. But anyways, Icon, I think at this point it is um, is a bit late now. I don't think we'll have a lot of time to talk to a guest if they do. Well, I, 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 we're going to have to move them to next week. So. Which is fine. Um, we didn't already have three next week, though, did we? Well, next week is supposed to be the Hart Show. It's supposed to be Bruce Hart and Ross Hart with us. At the same time or individually? Individually. All right, so we can have this guy, uh, we can have him come on first before the two hearts if you want. Well, yeah. And then and then have the hearts, you know, talk to us. And that's going to be a cool show. The heart show is going to be very, very interesting, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, it, uh, you know, I, uh, I'm looking, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, you know, um, uh, we've talked to Bruce before. Uh, we, we have, I do Bob. remember that. That was a great, that was a great interview. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, uh, he liked it so much, uh, that he wanted to come back, uh, on the show with us. And, um, he, uh, I was only able to get him on this, at this time because I already had our, our lineup booked up until this open date. Hmm. Either way, I'm with it. So, the Hearts and the Hearts, obviously, we run their commercial. And just for anybody out there who's not familiar with what they're doing. <laughs> Again, go on and check them out, sharpshooterfunding.com, for all of your funding needs, whatever they may be. The hearts can take care of it. It is the best there is, the best there was, and the best site there ever will be for all of that. So you can go on and check that out. Again, big shout-out to the Hart family for helping us out uh, and and investing enough in the show to become a sponsor. So um, now – Icon, uh, is one of the schools that you play, and you know, it's funny because I talk sports every morning. That's part of my normal morning routine, um, you know, for, for the radio here. But does North Dakota State, do you guys ever play Appalachian State at all? Uh, if we have, it's been a long time, but we don't, it's not a yearly thing, no. Did you see what Appalachian State did to Penn State this week? Uh, I did not. What happened? Well, if you remember, 11 years ago, Appalachian State went into the big house in Michigan 
and upset Michigan. And everybody was talking about, you know, the, everyone was talking about, you know, the, the one double a schools or now I believe now they're called the FCS schools, um, you know, saying, Oh, Hey, are these schools good enough to beat some of the bigger schools? Now, again, that, you know, that was a one-off. It seemed like until North Dakota state beat Iowa and then Iowa state. And then, you know, they, they, they just kept, you know, North Dakota state kept knocking off these bigger programs. Uh, and, and now Appalachian state just uh, went toe to toe with Penn state in the opening game of the season. And they were tied at 38 at the end of regulation, went to overtime. Now Penn state ended up winning in overtime, but if you're Penn state, that's a team that you're supposed to crush. So it, it just goes to show you these one double A teams. Sometimes you got to watch out for them. They're not always the, uh, you know, the easy victories that some people think they might be. You know, uh, the, the only team from that division to beat us was in 2000. Uh, uh, let me make sure I get this right. 2004 or five when the Gophers beat us by one point. And then since then, we beat the Gophers twice. We beat Kansas. Uh, Kansas. Uh, we beat Kansas State. Uh, Iowa. We beat uh, Iowa State. The Cyclones. So, uh, yeah, we, we got a great so uh, you, we got a great resume. You, you are not a – you're not a big Bison fan. Oh, excuse me. Oh, I, think I, I don't want to say Bison. I, no, I, I don't mean Bison. Sorry, I was looking at the game again. And I saw Bison on the jersey. My apologies. Not a big Gophers fan. No, I'm definitely not a big Gophers fan, no. This is Colin from Minnesota Metal Band Celestial Drift. You're rocking Attitude Era Live with my guy, the Icon. Now, he is a big Gophers fan. And that is uh, Scott. Well, that is Colin from Minnesota Metal Band Celestial Drift, and he is a big Gophers fan. So you guys must have, uh, you know, some fun dialogue when they play each other. Well, see, here's the deal: the Gophers don't have the guts to play us anymore. The Big Ten has said that they will not uh, let uh, any Big Ten school in football play Division One Double Eight uh, schools at all. They, they well, that's a, well, well, that's <clears throat> that's not the case because Appalachian State just played Penn State in the first game on Saturday. Well, here's the deal, though. That was uh, that was already on the schedule. Anything oh, new, so you're saying for the future? Okay. Yeah, correct. Yep. Huh? And you think? And, and I, I'm gonna go ahead and just assume here that you, yeah, that you think you guys had something to do with that. I'm not. I'm not saying that, but uh, <laughs> I mean, we we our our records against those those schools are pretty good. Hmm. Okay. Hey, listen. I'm a Syracuse fan. I have no pots of piss in when it comes to football. We haven't been good since Donovan McNabb, so I can't. You know, we did just beat Western Michigan this past weekend, which was a good win for us, but. I can't really talk about, you know, good Division One football because, like I said, Syracuse hasn't been good uh, since the 90s. So um, we did make a bowl game 
couple years ago, we, we did beat, ironically enough, Minnesota in that bowl game. Um, but, you know, I, I don't really have a passionate hatred uh, like you do for, for these uh, sports in football. In basketball, obviously, Duke, uh, hate Duke. North Carolina, not a big fan. Uh, I don't really like Maryland either. I don't know why. They've never done anything to me, but I'm I, not a big Maryland guy either uh, for whatever reason. But um, now, now, Granny, we all know now that we're on sports, and like I said, the show has went off the rails from being a wrestling show. So anybody <laughs> out there, anybody who's a, who's a wrestling fan, uh, we do apologize. Right now we were supposed to have an interview, and we've gotten all the raw talk out of our system for the night. So, we're going to finish off with this, but Granny, do you have a college team? We all know how you feel about the Raiders. Do you have a college team that kind of gets under your skin a little bit? Mm. LSU. I don't like LSU. Okay. The Tigers just had a big win over Miami on Saturday. I don't know if you yeah, saw that. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Well, we're, Sunday, we're getting ready Sunday. to have, yeah, we're getting ready to have a, um, you know, because the Razorbacks just started their football season this past Saturday, so we're going to be having a watch party at our Moose Lodge um, mm-hmm. Saturday for the Razorback football. Um, I don't watch a lot of basketball. I mean, I occasionally watch it, but I like mm-hmm. football better than I do basketball. But and then mm-hmm. of course I love baseball. But um, but you know, I mean, it's just I don't watch a lot of college. You know, I'll like I said, I'll occasionally watch the Razorbacks, and occasionally I'll watch Kansas. You know, play once in a while. But um, mm-hmm. I just I'm not a big basketball fan. I I I can just really basketball. You know, give me football, give me baseball. Granny's happy. Give me well, right you guys have it. You know, you, but, you guys have an zero and two Colorado State coming in there, and I mean, I kind of want to talk about brutal schedules. Colorado State lost to Hawaii week one. They played Colorado. They lost to. They got Arkansas and Florida next. So I, I mean, this team, this team might not win a game until end of, you know, the end of uh, September when they play Illinois State. Um, now, isn't well, Illinois you know, State one of those teams you guys play? Uh, yeah, uh, Illinois yep. State. Yes, we do play them. The Cardinals. You know, yeah. There's, yeah, there's one. Uh, uh, and uh, we beat them uh, for our fourth national championship. And I'll tell you about that game. My father uh, took his first trip down to Frisco with me, uh, and uh, they went ahead with about a minute 36 to go, and they had fans sitting behind us that were throwing popcorn at us saying that you guys are not champions anymore. And I turned around and I looked them dead in the eye and I said, you left too much time on the clock for Carson Wentz. And what happened? We won the next Who was that, Illinois State? Car- <clears throat> yep. Carson Wentz threw a dart to R.J. Erzendowski, and then the next play he ran in the end zone and won the national championship. Carson Wentz, by the way, who happens to be the quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles, by the way. Who was not starting week one. So, I have a riveting – Thing for you guys to finish off the show with. Tell me what you think. This happened just this past January. Check it out. You don't need a three, obviously. You don't need to settle for a jump shot. If you're Skidmore, you attack the basket. You go at them. If they call the offensive foul, okay. They call the charge. Game's over. But you got to at least go for it. Don't settle for a jump shot here. Make them follow you. 
All you gotta hit is one. But if you're Skidmore here, you have nine seconds to draw up something. That is a lot, a lot of time. It might not seem like a lot of time, but it's much better than having like two seconds or one second. Nine seconds is an eternity when you're inbounding from your side of the floor. But this has to be a catch and a drive. So the gym is getting loud here in Williamson. Skidmore down to their final play. And what could keep them in, in hot contention here for that Liberty League tournament. There's the drive. I'm talking about Rupkis. Edvinus Rupkis lays it home. Mount Edvinus could have just won the game. took it from the half-court strike, laid it off the glass, and they're losing their minds here in Williamson. Do you blame them? Even if Evans hits this, however, still only a two-point lead with three seconds for Vassar to come down and potentially take a three. Free throw from Rupkis. Ice water in the veins of the junior from Lithuania. 71-69. 3.7 to go. How many times have we seen Rupkis do this? And did I say it had to be in Rupkis' hands? I did. As Edmonds has done this several times in the past. I mean, he's probably... And this is nothing against the rest of the players. I mean, it's a solid squad, but he's probably the most reliable player you have on the floor in this situation, as he's done it three, four, five times now already. Most notably in the conference tournament against St. Lawrence a year ago. So 3.7 here. Vassar's going to inbound. They've got to go the length of the court. So now the chess match continues as Coach Joe Burke saw the setup that they were in, now wants to call a timeout and change up his defensive approach.
So here they go. As the inbound goes into Grindy, Grindy, B.J. White pulls up for three, nobody falls! They called the foul! As time expired, they called the foul, and B.J. White's going to get three free throws. Oh, my! Skidmore was a, a, a fraction of a second away from escaping with a win that maybe they shouldn't even have. And now they have a chance to lose it with three free throws here. B.J. White, they, we knew they were going to try to go for the win, not go for the tie. And B.J. White, 75% at the line here tonight. He's made three of four. And he has a chance to win it for Vassar at the charity strike. My goodness, don't you love the Liberty League? First free throw, rattled home. Wow. Second one for White. Made it. He rattled it home. We have a tie game. And with no time left, B.J. White could win it for Vassar here. And he does! B.J. White shots the thoroughbreds! They storm the court in cranberry and silver! B.J. White makes three free throws with no time on the clock, and Vassar escapes 72-71. Silence befalls Williamson. I do not believe it. I don't think the Civil players believe it. And now things just got a lot harder for their seating in this Liberty League tournament. And this is one that they had to have with Hobart coming in here on Friday night, the number one seed. Figure you win this game, you got the number one seed coming in Friday night, you lose that one, people understand. This was not one that they could afford to lose coming into this game. Vassar was 6-14 and 5-8 and and in the Liberty League. Bad loss for Skidmore. We will see you Friday night, 72-71. Vassar shocks the thoroughbred. So that, ladies and gentlemen, is how you call an epic basketball loss. So I can just picture Icon, when that game happened, I can just picture Icon being down on the floor throwing punches and throwing punching in the man business if that were North Dakota State the other way around. So... Once again, just so you guys know what I do, because I don't really talk much on here anymore, because you guys always do shows when I'm working, so I don't get a chance to do that. So, uh, once again, well, actually, I would have uh, I, I, I had a better call than that, actually, but that's just me. Oh, sure, yeah, I, I bet you would have. Um, this is Attitude Era Live. It has been the sports hour, seemingly enough, weirdly enough. We will see you guys next Monday for the Heart Show. Once again, so excited for the hard show. Granny Hulkster, the icon, and the name that was given to me, the big swing. We will see you then. Dead man walking. You got it now.